Well, good morning. It's great to be here with you this morning. Let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. Reading from John 21, 15 to 19. And if you do need a Bible and you don't have one, you're welcome to take one from the back and keep it. Those are our gift to you if you would like a Bible. John 21, verses 15 to 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Let's pray together. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your spirit. We ask for your spirit to come and fill our hearts and minds and give us wisdom and understanding for the words that you want us to hear, that you want us to take into our hearts this morning. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The title of this message is Do you love me? And it's the question that Jesus asked Peter three times. It's a question that holds true for us today. Jesus asks, do you love me? Do you love me? Today I'd like to mention three things. Loving, leading, and learning. We're called to love, we're called to lead, and we're called to learn. And most of this message will focus on the call to love. And I've deliberately chosen the word call. I'm a bit hesitant to use words like opportunity or invitation, although it's true that loving, leading, and learning with Jesus is an opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's the opportunity of a lifetime, if you will. 
And it's an opportunity that goes beyond this life here on earth. And loving, leading, and learning with Jesus is also an invitation because it's something that you choose. It is not forced upon you. And Jesus patiently and tenderly invites us to love, to lead, and to learn. But I want to emphasize the word call, and I want to use that word. Jesus calls us to love, lead, and learn. In the words of Isaiah 6-8 pierced my heart about four years ago. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. A call is a direct Connection. It's an unmistakable communication between the one who calls and the one who hears. A call has that sense of planning and purpose. There's a sense of how important this is. There's a sense of immediacy and urgency. Jesus is calling, He's questioning. He's directing and teaching. The call matters. The call is life-changing. And Jesus is calling. Calling you and calling me. Loving, leading, and learning do not happen in a linear process. You go back and forth and mix them in together. But we should begin with love. And we should emphasize love. Because as we read in 1 Corinthians 13, that wonderful chapter on love, without love, we are only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. We're just an annoying noise. I teach grade 6-7 band and I love the students. But, and I say, you've got to get it out. I'd rather hear anything than nothing. And sometimes those sounds are hard to hear. But we need love. Without love, we're just a clanging symbol. Without love, we are nothing. Without love, we gain Nothing. So Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Let's look at the context. Let's look at the events that are happening. The question isn't random. It happens in a specific time and place. In John 21, 15, we read that the conversation between Peter and Jesus happens when they had finished eating. This meal is the breakfast that Jesus made for his disciples. So this week's message follows last week's message. And last week, Ellie wonderfully pointed out and explained how God provides 
in both extraordinary and ordinary ways. And that idea of extraordinary and ordinary, it stuck with me all week. I keep thinking about it, and it's been such a blessing. So there they are on the beach, and Jesus has just provided this miraculous catch of fish, the extraordinary. And he's also cooked breakfast for his disciples. He's done the ordinary. So even before Jesus asks this question of Peter, do you love me? Jesus has already shown that he loves Peter. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19 testifies, We love because he first loved us. God loved us first. Before we loved him. And I spent some time and I read through the Gospel of John. I wrote down some of the verses that stood out to me about the love of Jesus and some of the actions, not just the words, but the actions of what Jesus did to demonstrate, to show his love. And I want to go through that with you. And I don't mean this list to be exhaustive. I've not tried to go into detail about everything. And I trust that you too will be led by the Spirit and that you'll expand on this as you read and reflect on John's Gospel. So my aim is simply to highlight and emphasize that Jesus loves you, that he lived a life of love while he was here on earth, and that he is alive and wants to continue that life of love with you today. So let's take a look at the love of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Let's start with John 3, 16 and 17, a well-known verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus came to save the world. That was the plan all along. That was the plan from the beginning. And it was born out of God's love. Jesus came to give eternal life to everyone who believes in him. In John 4, we read about the compassion and kindness of Jesus to a Samaritan woman. And we see that the love of Jesus was not limited by the expectations of society, but was offered freely to all. In John 5, Jesus heals a lame man at the pool of Bethesda. The man had been waiting 38 years. 38 years, and then Jesus comes along and loves him and heals him. In John 6, 
Jesus miraculously feeds a crowd of more than 5,000. Jesus showed love. He provided physical food as well as spiritual food. In John 9, Jesus heals a man that had been born blind. The man had lived his whole life blind. And Jesus gave him sight. In John 10, verse 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. In John 11, Jesus goes to Bethany to raise Lazarus from the dead. And Jesus is deeply moved by the grief of others. Jesus weeps. And then Jesus calls Lazarus out of the tomb, raising him from the dead. There's nothing, nothing that God cannot do. In John 13, Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. In John 15, 9, Jesus explains, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. In John 17, Jesus prays for all believers. In John 19, we read of the crucifixion of Jesus. A sacrificial death of love for all humanity. In John 20, the risen Jesus comforts Mary Magdalene outside the tomb, calling her by name. And also in John 20, Jesus appears to his disciples, once without Thomas and once with Thomas. And here in John 21, Jesus provides for his disciples in both an extraordinary and an ordinary way. So when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Jesus has already proven by his life, by his words, by his actions, that he loves Peter. He's proven this again and again. He's demonstrated his love. And when Jesus calls to you, asking, do you love me? He's already proven his love for you. And he will continue to prove it. He will continue to show how wide and long and high and deep his love is for you. But what happens when we fail? What happens when we stumble? When we fall? When we fall short? What then? I know I've failed. I've fallen short. I've sinned. 
I've done things I shouldn't have done. I've left things undone that I should have done. I've hurt myself in the process. I've hurt other people. And I've hurt Jesus. But you know, that's why I need him so much. It's why I need his love. I need his forgiveness time and time again. I need his healing. I need his wholeness. And this conversation between Jesus and Peter and the fact that Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? It's linked to the three times Peter denied knowing Jesus. And we read about this denial in all four of the Gospels. It's recorded in John, in John chapter 18. Peter failed. He sinned. And people knew about it. It's written down. It's recorded. Yet, Peter goes on. And eventually, we see him in Acts. We see him full of the Spirit, standing up, addressing the crowd, proclaiming the truth of Jesus. Peter was an influential and respected leader in the church. You see, Peter's story didn't end with his denial, with his failure. That was never God's intention. After Peter denied Christ, he wept bitterly. And here in this passage, Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? And Peter responds each time, yes, I do love you. You know I love you. And the relationship between Peter and Jesus is restored. Peter is called to lead. He's called to feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And he's asked once again to follow, just like at the beginning, the first time. He's asked again to follow Christ. But this time it's to follow the risen Christ. And he has all that knowledge and experience and he's seen what has happened. And by following Jesus, Peter will continue to learn and to grow. And God does not intend our stories to end in failure. God does not intend that. And Dave gave me a word this week that I hadn't heard of before. It's the word restoried. It's like the word restored, but it's the word restoried. And God is rewriting our stories. Let me declare these scriptures over you, for I know the plans I have for you, 
declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's from Jeremiah 29, 11. In 1 John 1, 9, we read, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And in Psalm 103, verse 12, we read, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. I'd like to share one more illustration, and it's the idea of a mosaic. And it's an image that has helped me personally. In my own journey in life, in my experience, I relate to walking through the valley of the shadow of death. That verse resonates with me, that experience. And right now, the details aren't important. We all have our own unique tests and trials. But my life was broken. It was broken. It was shattered. It was fragmented. It was just lying in pieces. And I have to give a testimony that right there in that valley of the shadow of death, Jesus was with me. I felt the love of Jesus, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the darkest times. Jesus was my hope and my rescue. And a mosaic is made from small pieces of material, might be glass or or stone or ceramic tile, and they're purposefully and artistically placed together to form a beautiful whole. And a mosaic can even be made from broken glass. And God took those broken pieces of my life and he crafted them back together into something whole and beautiful. And yes, I still carry scars. I carry emotional scars. But these scars are a testimony to the amazing grace of Jesus. And God can put your life back together. He can create a beautiful mosaic out of the broken pieces of your life. God can rewrite your story. You can be restoried. And it starts with love. The overwhelming, never-ending, you could even say, the reckless love of God. It starts with an answer of yes to that question Jesus asks. Do you love me? It starts by inviting Jesus to be the king of your heart. And as the music team comes up, 
I want to say that originally in my plans, and I've outlined notes and slides that didn't need to be made to prove it, I, I plan to talk more about the call to lead and the call to learn. And I believe that God will provide that opportunity when the time is right. But I felt led today to focus on our call to love. And as for leading and learning, I'd like to encourage, I want to leave something with you. I encourage each of us to take some time to listen. How is God calling you to lead? How is God calling you to learn? Because I believe we are all leaders in some way, in some capacity. How is God calling you into that? In small ways and perhaps also in big ways. And being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Let's stand together and let's worship Jesus together.